Hey, film enthusiasts, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all your support. If you enjoy the Warwords Filmcast, you can be a part of it. We want to know what you think. Hit us up with your opinion on the movies we review, your Netflix recommendations, and we'd like to take suggestions for movies you think we should talk about right here on the podcast. Feel free to email us all your thoughts at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. That's woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. Now, let's get to the show. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodwards Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, camera! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Um, I don't know how you guys are doing, but I'm doing great because it seems everywhere I look, there's new Star Wars things every week. And we had this big Star Wars trailer come on Monday Night Football. J.J. Abrams said there'd be no more Star Wars trailers. A week later, we get an international trailer. We get a TV spot. Now there's new pictures in Entertainment Weekly this week. It's crazy. But guys, we're not going to talk about Star Wars, right? Definitely not. No Star Wars here. No, we don't need to talk about The Force Awakens anymore, right? Nope. No. Nope, nope, nope. Hey there. Um, Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast, uh, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week with my friends. Colin Ward. And Mitch Haba. Every week we get together, having seen the same movie, to sit down and have a detailed, in-depth uh, roundtable discussion about it. This week we saw Spectre, the new James Bond 007 movie. It's a movie I've been waiting for for a long time. I know we've all been anticipating it. If you've been listening to the film cast, we've been uh, you know, updating as we go along with the trailers and the announcements, the Sam Smith song, all that jazz. And we're finally here today to discuss the movie itself. But before we get to that, we like to start off every podcast with some movie and TV news and headlines. Um, you know, uh, we can talk about Star Wars, but we're not going to talk about Star Wars? <laughs> no. There was no, another trailer no, no, no. that came out this week that uh, had people at least talking about it. I don't know if people were excited, but um, Warcraft, guys. Mitch, Warcraft yes. trailer's out. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> they, I believe this has been in the news that there's a Warcraft movie in the makes since World of Warcraft was a game. Um, still and there still are we're more. Popular yeah. Still, is it still popular? I yeah, no, it really is. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I played the first Warcraft, the second Warcraft, and the third Warcraft, which are all RTSs, you know, little yeah, yeah. like Command and Conquer type games. Um, and I also played a little bit of WoW, World of Warcraft. So I was, you know, anticipating this to come out because they actually cast it and were shooting, and I finally saw the trailer, and it just doesn't look good to me doesn't look good to you okay. no i think it looks really lame and uh silly so having played it you think it looks lame colin you saw well, did you I see mean, the warcraft it's a, trailer yes. it's its own story I, from what i can re- can see it doesn't remind i don't i mean i don't know i it might not or may or may not be a story from one of the games but it just looks really generic and yeah. kind of weird mm-hmm. like super clean for a warcraft type movie yeah it does it does look really really bright and cartoony yeah it looks like a video game yeah it looks like a video game yeah it looks like one big video game cutscene, which might not be bad i i think we should also stress that the movie doesn't come out for a year yeah um it's almost all like it looks like it's almost all cgi so Mm -hmm. they're still it's you know they're effectively have another year of shooting it basically because they have to to fix the cgi 
Um, you you never played, right? Never War, never Warcraft or any World of Warcraft. No, no. Yeah, I didn't either. It's dude, it's still popular. Kelly plays it when we record when we record the War Words with Friends podcast. You, if you could listen, you can hear him clicking in the background. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? Yeah, he's playing Warcraft. <laughs> he's playing World of Warcraft, and I know I have other friends that like you know we, every time like a new one of these games comes out, like um you know I guess we're not gonna talk about Star Wars, but when Star Wars Old Republic came out. It, four years ago now that was like this is going to take over all the world of warcraft fans because it's just like world of warcraft but it's better and it wasn't <laughs> and it didn't yeah. stop people from playing it so yeah. there's a huge market for this um any chance this might be a successful video game movie for once no i don't think so well, i'll put i'll put it down on the table right now it's going to bomb wow I mean, it has like such a huge audience and i mean the director is i mean he doesn't have much under his belt um Duncan Jones, mm-hmm. but he did Moon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. he's right. David Bowie's son. Oh, wait, what? Yes, really. True fact. Wow. True fact. That's cool. Well, that's a twist. And he did Source Code too, which was supposed to be pretty good too. It's okay. So um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm interested. In it. I'm not jumping out, you know, to buy a ticket immediately. Well, but yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think it looked that bad. Like I didn't. It, it, I didn't know what was going on, but it looked interesting. <laughs> you know, something um, about I, I, good I, guys and bad guys. Mitch, that's bad why, guys allying with good guys to be good. That's why I thought that I thought maybe you know I watched it. I'm like I don't know what's going on, but maybe Warcraft fans do. And I asked mm-hmm. Warcraft fans, and they're like, No, I don't know. I don't. This doesn't yeah. really seem like the game we play anymore. It would have been cool if they took the storyline from Warcraft three and brought it into a movie because that I think most people would argue who play Warcraft. I mean, God, it's been probably a decade since i played that game but um most people would argue that that's the best story out of all of them it's interesting i mean it's like if you made a zelda movie you know which one would you pick you know oh god i don't know and i think the move there would be you make your own natural story which is probably what they're thinking for warcraft 2 um there's a speaking in another video game that's coming that i guess they're making a movie series of is the same similar way where there's just so many stories um call of duty call of duty yeah um why (laughs) <laughs> why, are they ma- why are they making a movie? Yeah, I get it. I know why. I know why. I, just, uh, I know why. It's just um, now this is kind of like a universe thing, right? Are they yeah, to- yeah, yeah. They want to make it a big, like almost Marvel esque franchise, well, where they have people in and out of movies and different storylines no so on? is there gonna be one central character yeah see that's my question you guys did you guys i'm not a call of duty guy i never got into it uh, i played the first one the third one no did i play the third one <laughs> and modern warfare and modern warfare 2 and then well, i stopped but it's interesting because it's not it's a game that's known for its multiplayer more yes, than anything yeah. yeah and the stories are pretty fun though I mean, yeah no I, i've played some single player call of duty back in the day and it's good it's good but there's not a central there's not a mr call of duty out there no 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 right? no character um but oh i think there is there's one like, character or so or two characters but it's not like a yeah, the one guy ever since what I forget his name. Yeah, I don't. Maybe Silk or I, mm, I don't know. But um, this is a podcast a, about movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in a, a first few of them, and then I know that Gary Oldman does the voice for the uh, maybe yeah, Romanoff right, or right. something. Mm. Where maybe I get that confused with Scarlett Johansson. But <laughs> no, some Russian man, name. Gary so, Oldman could play Scarlett Johansson, probably yeah, convincingly. <laughs> but he does a voice for that character, and I know he's in a couple of them too. So, um, 
So what's what do you guys think is going to be? I mean, you've got Assassin's Creed coming. You've got these Call of Duty movies possibly coming. Warcraft. Is anything here? Like, what's your best bet in this race? I would say Assassin's Creed because Michael Fassbender and Macbeth. And a more accessible, I think, a more accessible setting. It's in like you know olden times, swords and whatnot. On the you know when you then have mythical fantasy world with orcs and griffins and all that crap and then a hypercharged military complex right. world with explosions and guns and stuff and i think honestly the way i can see it is a lot of people are starting to shy away from like war movies nowadays which is you know, that's true it's yeah. fine i think it's mainly because they kind of sort of starting to glorify war mm-hmm. right. uh, that's what i've noticed um i mean look at michael bay's trailer for his new benghazi who knows what it's gonna be <laughs> uh just very glorifying glorifying violence i think and i think people are tired of that whereas like the vietnam era of movies are finished with of like war is wrong and people are affected by it so i think people are gonna instead want to see assassin's creed with a great actor and Crusades. Definitely. And I think Assassin's Creed is just a more cinematic type movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, or more cinematic type game. Yeah, yeah. I think we all know what the Call of Duty game is going to look like on screen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they got Michael Bay to, yeah. sh- to make some of them. Yeah. I would be it's, shocked if they didn't. Yeah, definitely Assassin's Creed is the more you know, game movie I'm looking forward to. Just, I mean, aesthetically story-wise yeah and it's, it's based on a main character like that's that's the thing is like it separates itself from those three movies where it's like i don't even know if that dude has a name in those in those games but the, Altair. Yeah, so the but, uh, yeah that dude he's like that's the character and you know yeah you can just there's he has characteristics that everyone knows and stuff like that and, and things to build off uh, cinematically like you say mm-hmm. than I, better than i think warcraft or um um, the other movie I can't even what were we talking about was Call of Duty Call of Duty, Duty. <laughs> yeah. don't even know see don't the video care. game movies they're not terribly interesting <laughs> they until they come I mean, out they, they can, can be. be someday I someone's wish. gonna figure out the formula oh, I know I was just telling the guys I've been playing Fallout 4 for like ever since it came out yesterday for like hours and I'm like someone needs to make a Fallout movie because it's like so I think it would be so easy. Yeah. yeah. I kept wondering like how a Zelda game would work. Like a Zelda movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm t- I, temples. It's, it's like, so you just possible. like go through temples the whole The way movie. I the, see the, yeah. <laughs> That's why the way I would do it is that you don't do that. There's maybe two, right? Like yeah. if you would do like a young link temple and an old link temple. But like you I mean, people would get pissed. People <laughs> people would be like, wait a second. Why is there no Deku tree in this movie? <laughs> Where's the ocarina? Yeah. He didn't, you know, that he didn't thing, break any that he didn't break know, any of this guy's like, pots. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> that would have to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um along with Warcraft, another trailer came out this week. I was surprised by this that it came out. Um I think I think it premiered on the Elder Generous show. Ellen DeGeneres, who of course plays Dory in Finding Nemo. Uh, they are making a sequel to Finding Nemo. It's called Finding Dory. It comes out, I think, next year. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the teaser trailer came out this week. It looks great, like you would expect. I mean, it's like it's almost getting frustrating. These Pixar movies, man. 
They're too, they're too damn good. I want to. I want. I, want, I, want, I wanted to bring this up because I actually very recently saw Finding Nemo for the first time, maybe three months ago. Um, loved it. Obviously, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know where it ranks in my Pixar. They're all like the same. Yeah, they're and all then there's the Cars movies that I've never seen. You know, <laughs> right? So they're all number one to me at this yeah. point. I'm so sick of trying to rank those movies. Um, but yeah, Finding Dory, man, it looks great. It's a, probably the funniest character in the Finding Nemo movie. So to base a movie on her is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. I think. You guys get a chance to watch it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you jazzed? I mean, I know it's going to be good, so you- it's... Yeah, there's no hype for it. It's I just can't like, get hyped up because what's the point? I'm just I'm gonna see it anyway, and I'm really excited. I loved Finding Nemo, as most people did. I'll and get hyped it, up when I see an Incredibles two trailer. Yeah, yeah, well, that is coming, right? Yeah, yeah. it is coming. It's mm-hmm. just now. But let me ask you though. I mean, there's no doubt these are gonna be good. Toy Story two and three are great. You know yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, Pixar sequels are good, except for Cars um, two. Except for Cars 2. I haven't Monsters seen either University. Cars. The Monsters University is I okay. I it was good, though. Okay. I just didn't... It's did not bad. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't see that it's either. Just a, it's one of the lesser like ranked ones yeah. on Metacritic. Yeah, so yeah. One yeah of, I forget about it. But, honestly, it's... You know, so I ask you, though, do you think this is kind of... you know, Does Pixar need to be doing this, going to sequels right now? I mean, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> do they, or do you just want to see but more also, Nemo? It's, it would be... It would be different if they weren't releasing original material, like Inside Out and The Good Dinosaur. That's true. Yeah, but they're, they're releasing so much original material that they doesn't ten years later, you know, they can do a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, and I feel like I've heard this in an interview somewhere too. Like Pixar, like they're not going to make something if there isn't a good heart and a good story mm-hmm. to their movies. I really think that's the backbone uh, yeah. of every Pixar movie is. An emotional core. Yeah, I believe that. I think. So there's gonna, I think they. Yeah. I mean, and I always get the sense that they care about these movies too. And I, I see in anything Pixar. I mean, I'm gonna except say, I'm gonna cars, see cars, and cars too. <laughs> you know what? I want to do a cars podcast one day. Let's see. I want to see how bad those movies really are. <laughs> I just think that this the the standard must be set very high. You know what I mean? Sometimes maybe we forget they're for kids. <laughs> A movie there there that won't be for kids. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, Colin, there's some more hateful eight news uh, seeping out. From yeah, yeah. I just week. read today that the hateful eight has been cut at three hours and two minutes long. Wee. <laughs> now, I have uh, I have said many times in this in this podcast that I like my attention span is not growing. As we as I get older and I'm like frustrated at the length of movies, yeah. Um, what do you is that too long, Colin? Here's the thing. I mean, Tarantino has been progressively getting longer and longer <laughs> movies, and it didn't really bother me in in Django, and it didn't bother me in Inglorious Bastards, which are two and a half plus hour movies. Yeah. And I mean, if this gives Tarantino more time to like hash out his characters and have those classic Tarantino dialogues without any cuts or anything. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, I just hope his, his camera work and his um way of visually telling the story can keep up with his, di- I'm sure it will. 
but like yeah, will keep me sustained for like it's well it's gotta keep you like you're just saying it's gotta be you know interesting and, and mean, especially like, my attention span yeah i have sometimes. to i have to be interested right. in order yeah. for it to not feel like three I mean, hours it, well that's a long time to like visually keep something new yes. and fresh every single mm-hmm. yeah you know? and i mean what we've been getting through interviews with him too it's like it's about these eight people stuck in a cabin. So it's like they're stuck in a cabin for like three right. hours long. How many locations? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you know he's not uh, he's not afraid to go to flashbacks and stuff. So yeah, I'm sure I'm some sure. some of that would probably yeah. be in there. But um, you know he's also not one to or he's also one to you know do these segmented stories mm-hmm. frequently. Yeah, maybe always. Um, you know he knows how to edit sequences. He does too. But Mitch, what do you? I mean, do you think this is does it scare you? Come on, you guys. Three hours. Three plus. hours is a very, very long time. But like I said, if if Quentin Tarantino has written something entertaining and shoots it, and I've, not like whether he shot it or not, but and he shoots it in a way that makes it entertaining, I feel like knowing Quentin Tarantino, he wouldn't make it three hours if it didn't. If it if it yeah, felt I mean, like three hours. Right. So if he cut it together and it was three hours long and it was boring or slowed down he would fix it so i will tell you though i mean i think we all can probably say you know like pixar you know these movies are just always good and Mm -hmm. you you have trust in a filmmaker like quentin tarantino that it's not gonna be three hours for no reason yeah yeah but i will tell you that if we would if we weren't doing this podcast that's a movie where i would wait for dvd it's so hard to be like okay um who wants to go take three hours out of our night and go see this movie it's it, it just it's a commitment and it's i always find it difficult i have friends who like like for example i saw bridge of spies alone a couple people wouldn't see it with me because that movie was too long and that was only like i don't know two, it was like two twenty maybe yeah yeah you know? yeah it's it's difficult sometimes to, to, at least to get other people to go see a movie that long well, you don't need to go theaters. with anyone I've learned how to do that on this show. It's so much, it's so much fun. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if there was no, if there was no film cast, then I thank you guys for uh, you know getting me to see these movies. But I, I would wait. You wouldn't go see the Tarantino 70 millimeter projection. I would say that it would, it, it would be it would be hard. Yeah, I believe it. Judging on my previous years of like you know weighing busyness with like social life and then three hours of a movie, it's sometimes difficult. But I will be glad to sit through all three hours and two minutes of your movie, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe this is like outweighing. Maybe that's why he's doing the seven mil- 70 millimeter thing. He's, he's like, that's a way to come people, for people to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, look, this isn't Netflix format. This is uh, this is big screen format. Um, so, guys, um, as I said earlier, we, we get together every week to talk about the same movie that we all saw. And this week was the much-anticipated follow-up to uh, 2012's Skyfall. Inspector Gadget. In- Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Guys, um, we, we all three of us obviously saw this. We also got some listener feedback this week. We got some of you to, to write in and tell us your thoughts, so we'll, we'll read some of that. Um, kind of great. Um, so there's, you know, what's there to say that uh, you might not know about this James Bond movie? I'll say, first of all, we're going to get into spoilers. Um and so be aware of that. I, I, I suggest seeing the movie before you listen to this. Um, Spectre is uh, Daniel Craig's fourth Bond film uh, where he tries to uncover who's behind uh, the sinister organization that is causing all the trouble in his life and others and who is um, 
we find out trying to get rid of MI6, the government organization that, well, the 007 program or the 00 program that he works for. Um, directed by Sam Mendes, who did uh, Skyfall, same writers as Skyfall. Um, so the, the gang's back, guys. Skyfall was one of the most successful Bond films of all time, uh, inflation and everything adjusted for. Uh, it was, you know, had Oscar nominations and wins uh, mm-hmm. for, for Skyfall. So this is a very, it's a big anticipated movie, um, and we saw it, and um, man, who wants to go first? I'm, I'm like, and I've been thinking about this movie a lot for the last week or whatever I saw this Friday. Um, I'm a little, you know, I, I've been, I, I've been very excited to sit here and talk with you guys about yes. it because I, yeah. this is, there's, there's few things that I'd be more passionate about than this movie we talked to. Star Wars would be one of them. I'm a, James Bond and me go back too long, probably. So I want you guys to go first. Okay. Um, Colin, you, you look like you're oh, itching. No, I'll, I'll go. Oh, you'll go. I'm going. Mitch is going. You oh, shut man. up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mitch, what did, what did you think? Spectre. Poorly executed. <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> boring, boring fan service. The only aspect of this movie that wasn't lazy was Blofeld's intern who had to print out all those pictures and hang them up and spray paint. <laughs> honestly, that is like the only thing I came away with that. It was like, wow, Blofeld's intern really, you know, he's got a tough job. How did he even know James Bond was going to be running through there? The whole thing is a and joke. Turn that around really That quickly. whole movie is a I. I the movie's a joke? I think the movie is a total Whoa. joke. Wow. It was a huge missed opportunity to turn it into something fun, and they came up with this. Whoa. Damn, uh, Whoa. Colin, what yeah. are your thoughts on Spectre? Well, mine's a little different. Um, <laughs> I went into Spectre with like sort of like a mixed bag of feelings and expectations and fear <laughs> because I loved Skyfall so much. And I kind of like said it in my head, like, you know, this isn't going to be as good as Skyfall. So I think that was like a good move by me. <laughs> because especially when the Sony hack happened a few years ago, is it now? It was like last fall, I think. Right? There was all these emails that transpired about how there's a big script problem with Spectre. So I kind of knew that going into it, too. And I like I accepted that. Um but at the same time, I thought, you know, I trust Sam Mendes. He did American Beauty, which is one of my favorite movies. Road to Perdition, mm-hmm. Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Great director. And I think he tries his damnedest to make this work. And he's successful in a lot of parts, but... it's this The plot and story is kind of ridiculous. And confusing and doesn't pay off in ways I thought it should or could. But all that being said, and I will get into, I'm sure, the plot and oh, yeah. what is right and is wrong with it. But it looked beautiful. I mean, yeah, this I think, yeah. is impeccably designed. Costumes, production, it looks lush. It looks sexy. Uh, Tom Ford's suits look fucking incredible on Daniel Craig. Yeah. And... It's it was fun to watch for me. I mean, it got a little slow in the middle there, but um, I enjoyed watching this. Um, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's as good as Skyfall or Casino Royale, but it's not as bad as Quantum of Solace. So, 
Shit. <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, Mitch, the fact that you uh, described this movie as a joke says a lot about where we've come in our expectations for James Bond films. Um, uh, this might get a little dramatic, but let me let me. Here's my initial thoughts. Um, I'm extremely passionate about James Bond. Um, like I said, besides Star Wars, this is probably the most sincere um, and intense review you guys will hear from me uh, as in the course of this podcast. Um, I think reviewing a James Bond movie is like not a trivial matter. I think that it's an interesting franchise. I mean, it's um, it's the most rare example of something that's it's a franchise that's lasted over fifty years and twenty four movies. And I will say that those twenty four movies exist with varying varying degrees of quality. Um, as a big James Bond fan, I'll be the first to say that probably a majority of these films are not very good, <laughs> but. You know what they—they're best in in serving as a gauge. They—they're a good sign of the times. That's what James Bond movies are, and I think this movie is no different. I think the four Daniel Craig Bond movies are no different. I think Casino Royale says a lot about 2006. I think Skyfall says a lot about 2012, and I think this movie says a huge amount about what movies are in 2015. Um, a lot of that, Mitch, has to do with fan service. I mean, we've seen that a lot this year. This is the Jurassic World. This is the Into Darkness of the Bond movies. Um, that being said, I think this is better than both of those movies um, in almost every way. Um, but I think it also suffers for the same reasons as those movies suffer. Um, I should also note before we get deep into this that I was a big, perhaps unfair critic of Skyfall. Um, I didn't think it was better than Casino Royale. I probably wouldn't put it in my top seven James Bond films. Um, and I think... I think... Uh, Skyfall had the same pitfalls, or Spectre had the same pitfalls as Skyfall in a lot of ways, and that for me has to do with script. That also, me, also for me, Skyfall and Spectre were uh, disappointing for me in that they had a underutilized fantastic villain. I think both films don't take advantage of their villains. Um, this one more so, I would say, than Skyfall. Mm -hmm, definitely. Maybe. I don't know about that, really, actually. Mm -hmm. we'll because see. if you really, I mean, we'll get into it, but if you think about it, you see, you meet Blofeld, at least in the first act of this movie. You yeah. don't meet Javier Bardem Silva's until the last third of Skyfall. Um, that being said, I think Skyfall is more of an experience than this movie is. Um, and I think this I think this movie is, like, you, is the third best of the Craig Bonds. I think it's, for me, it's Casino, Skyfall, this. And Quantum of Solace is sitting somewhere in a wastebasket with Die Another Day. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, yeah. honestly, I don't want to get into our tan tangent here, but Quantum of Solace, man. And I'm like, again, I'm a big defender of all these movies. I don't, it's, I, it's not watchable. <laughs> it's like bad. Anyways, um, let's, let's get deeper into it. I would say that, um, you know, I think some people like the fan service, Mitch. Um, you know, uh, Rob wrote in. He said, in regards to Spectre, I really liked it as a longtime Bond fan. It was nice to see the beginnings of Spectre. I mean, that's what this is, right? This is him speaking. But, you know, Spectre is the, the, the big bad guys of the Bond universe, and they're back in Daniel Craig. Uh, Rob wrote, I liked how the film was able to pull the reboot that started with Casino Royale full circle. It's a shame that this was most likely Daniel Craig's final film. We'll get to that as James Bond. He brought a sense of grittiness to the franchise that's much needed after Die Another Day. Um, and Rob had a lot to, a lot of good things to say about Waltz playing Blofeld and how that was cool to see Blofeld again, especially since they kind of ended the character and um, he's, he, as he writes in For Your Eyes Only. Um, Mitch, you didn't like the fan service as much. No, not at all. I thought it was really shoehorned in there. Yeah. Um, Especially at the end. 
you just, specifically uh i mean the, there's a lot the cat they just show the cat for like maybe two shots right um I like then, that. and then uh <laughs> blofeld's who christoph christoph waltz becomes ends up being blofeld uh he's wearing that coat or that like sweater type i don't even know what you call it um the like collar, somehow the collar, like eastern inspired like, whatever it yeah. is yeah he's wearing that um and then at the end he you, he's got the scar and that's pretty much it well let's talk like let's just we, can, we you know honestly we can just talk about those reasons like don't like detract it from me i like the fact that the cat was like introduced slowly before he even said his this is who it is so you kind of got the idea yeah and especially for me who someone who's only really seen the last 20 years of bond i not the, like you're not much into the i started with Pier- yeah i like, started with pierce brosnan and right. that's kind of all i've been known yeah to for bond i've seen the other ones but i've you know i've only seen like goldfinger and maybe that might be it yeah right right, um, right. so I, I i didn't mind that stuff and i think that's something where like if you're a fan and you know the franchise it is more exciting and then if you don't it's just another thing that i mean i saw but it didn't deter the movie for me that wasn't the movie's problem right me Me neither but i do see what mitch is saying in that like and like this is what i'm talking i I brought it up already and um uh you know blofeld is great i think christoph waltz is great in this movie but you don't get to see him develop you don't get to see him there's no tension what does he have like maybe 15 lines it's crazy really yeah really is like barely in this movie and he does nothing yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, absolutely he nothing. He does, but it's like that's what I'm saying. The cat stuff could have started earlier in the film, and like I don't know, things like you you could have made the cat a character. I know it's silly, but like you could have made the cat a character. You could have made yeah. you could have made uh, the the whole eye thing. You know that should have happened to me. Like honestly, this you should have already had this, this movie's Well, no, this movie's kind of like or or the opening scene has to do with Blofeld, yeah. that character, or even if you don't know it, he's in a building that Bond destroys or something. You sure, know? yeah. Um, you know, in a golden eye Trevelyan kind of way, but um, I just it's it's like the I, I'm I'm it's it's like putting it's like if if Chris Nolan decided to just show the Joker in the third act of a film. I don't get like I don't get why they did this with Silva mm-hmm. in Skyfall. It's like you have a really good actor playing a really interesting villain, and you want, and especially in Bond, as with Batman, the the villains define the movies. I mean, do, do, exactly. Do you see a reason for this to for him to not really show up until the end of the movie again? I mean, other than the fact that they didn't kill him at the end. I mean, I think he'll be in other movies if you know right, Walt right, agrees right. to it, right? Or so, if Craig well, I mean, agrees they, to it yeah, too. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about that, but because I, what was your favorite? See, my one of my favorite scenes in the movies was the board meeting. Yeah, I thought um, that looked cool. Yeah. It mm-hmm. looked cool and it was scary. And yeah. like I, I that was the only time where I was really afraid for anyone, which namely the guy that Dave Bautista pokes his eyes into. But <laughs> you know, that like Blofeld was killing it. I mean, he was like Christoph Waltz was doing a really good job. Not saying much, but still it was frightening. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you can tell that Christoph Waltz went into this and he I mean it's a he's the perfect candidate for James Bond villain. Yeah, he really is. It, it is a shame that they didn't give him more material to work with, which is why I'm excited that he isn't dead. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I think yeah. we'll come back hopefully with a vengeance. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ideas. <laughs> there's there's I'm like, I'm thinking of all the ways that it could have been better, and we don't want to talk about that, but you know, 
I just thought that I don't know well, his whole his whole um, like Blofeld's just the whole plot the basis for why he does what he does is just like mm-hmm. daddy was mean to me yeah sort of and 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 what does he do and what this, no, exactly and, yeah. and it's unclear yeah. and it's unclear and and there's no hint all right when we talk about Casino Royale Quantum of Solace and Skyfall there's no hint whatsoever that this person exists or this well organization little, oh, in quantum there he, is there's like this or this, this there's like there's an organization that they call quantum in that movie yeah. that they imply in this movie is specter you know but they also when in casino Royale, when sheaf is torturing him he's isn't he's yeah. shot by some mysterious person well it was and mr white it was mr white yeah. but isn't like daniel craig like you're boss is gonna yeah, like yeah. blah blah Employer, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there's 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 an implication there's a, of someone always higher somebody up. higher up yeah. but i don't know there was never like an indication that that james bond was raised by uh somebody who ended up becoming you know there was yeah, 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 just yeah, none yeah. of that it was right. just like in that scene where he's being tortured it was just like here's all the information and <laughs> right. now we're done yeah. right yeah um on that note joe joe wrote in and he called this film a mess and his point too is like he was like what is specter's big plan to watch us i mean i thought that was yeah. interesting because yeah, yeah. The, uh, interesting point by joe because yeah i kind of don't really understand i guess that surveillance and information is power which is kind of you know that's another 2015 thing that's yeah. going on in this movie um he thought the constant references to previous Craig films were obnoxious. Um, making Blofeld Bond's brother, he thought, was was forced, stupid. Actually makes the whole organization of Spectre feel less significant and more cartoony, which is absolutely true, yeah. I think. Joe continues to write, Worst of all is how this film tries to say, like you're saying, Mitch, that the events of Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, and Skyfall were all the work of Blofeld. It's retconning and cheapens those films. Those of you who don't know what retconning is, it's introducing new info that contradicts previous installments of a franchise. Right. Joe also says that, that you know, the, the reliance on nostalgia kind of ruins this movie. And I see that. You know, he talks about it being cartoony, too. This is the most Roger Moore-y. That's what like, I wrote, yeah. Like, funny. Like, and it is funny. It, but it, there's it, some it, funny moments. But, but it, it's the most, like, Craig is laughing a lot in this movie, Daniel yeah. Craig. And I... Part of part of me liked it though because if you look at the Daniel Craig in Casino Royale and the Daniel Craig now, the Daniel Craig in Casino Royale is like quiet, he's short with people, he's just a, he's more physical. In this movie, you have a Bond who's kind of more relaxed and who does a lot of talking more than he does like beating people up. More like he's refined. I kind of respect that they've done that. If you look at the Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan Bond from Goldeneye to Die Another Day, he hasn't changed at all. <laughs> you know, you don't get the sense that he's grown as a person. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of cheeky jokes in this movie. I mean, the, the where he's pushing the smart car with his with his Aston Martin was yeah. like that's straight out of a Roger Moore movie. Yeah. Um, I did feel like most of the, all the action scenes were very like old fashioned, kind of like drawn out, like goofy, corny, and a little unbelievable, right? No, yeah, did you yeah. guys get that sense? The helicopter, the very opening scene was a little crazy, and it got bored. <laughs> Boring, boring. That I thought that was I, I by far the, the best part. I of thought the, movie. the beginning of the movie was the best. The part. best. Yeah, like. <laughs> but I I agree that the beginning was great because just the atmosphere and everything. But I, I would say they went on a little too long. Like the fight in the helicopter was like, okay, Jesus. Like, <laughs> well, I'll either you, kick the guy out of the helicopter or keep you know playing I, with him. I don't know what you're gonna do. I'll tell you why I agree with you is because the reaction of everyone else in the world in all these action scenes is like it's not going on, and that. 
that made it awkward for me. Like he blew up a building in in Mexico, wherever city was, and no one really seemed to care. I mean, you hear sirens, but yeah, no one stops to party or anything. You know, the square partying. is still filled yeah. with people. Yeah. Similarly, when he throws Dave Bautista out of a train after they've shot guns and stuff, <laughs> no one on the train, train seems to care. Yeah, I mean, the train doesn't stop. I mean, no one, no one says, "Guys, you gotta yeah. at least pay for your meal." You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's none of that. I think they spent all their budget on uh, passenger. Uh, fitted tuxedos and dresses. Oh, so, so I mean, they look instead, good, though. They, 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 they look, good. they look so good. But I think, Mitch, to your point, a lot of, not only the action scenes, but there's so many little things where you, you know you talk about the, all the printed people in Bond's past. Yeah, there, like, like you know, and the, story just, service. There's, so, well, there's just sense. so much that like you're like, do they have the time to do that? And like I was like thinking like. They brought a fitted dress and a really nice yeah. tuxedo. They're on the run in Morocco. Like, yeah, where do they even get? They're the time on to the do run, that? and then she manages to like get extremely gussied up and look. Oh, yeah. she, she looked gorgeous. I mean, Leah Sedu is beautiful. Yes, but it just it was weird. It just but comes it, out of nowhere. She, one second she's like, "Get away from me!" The next she's like flirting with him. Yeah, the next she's get away from me, and the next they're having sex, and then it's I can't be with you, and then it's we're together. It's like oh. I just threw a guy out of a train. Let's <laughs> yeah. Boom. yeah, yeah. I and like I made that. the exact joke. I made the exact joke when he said, "Now what do we do?" I like went. I leaned over to my roommate and just started yeah, like yeah. simulating yeah. Yeah. with my fingers like what was going to happen. It's, I like that. <laughs> I feel like that is fucking James Bond. That to is me. James. No, it you're is James right. Bond. That's absolutely like why right. we love James Bond. Like, but it's very the Roger, ridiculousness of it all. It is, but it's very Roger Moore, Pierce Brosny, James Bond. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, and I appreciate it, but I think it's jarring to see Daniel Craig in a movie that does that. But I still think that, like, you're right. I think it was fun. Like, if James Bond and his Bond girl weren't looking fucking sexy, I don't want to watch this movie. Exactly. But, 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 you, but, but you hope that in a scene, you know, it's... But, but you're right, Kyle. I don't no, as, I, as a body I, I don't disagree with you. I agree. But you can admit that it's better in a movie like Casino Royale, where like it organically makes sense for them to be wearing tuxes. Yeah, you know of, I mean? like, of, of course, of course. I mean, it's a whole North by Northwest this, thing. Well, like. And this comes, well, this comes back to like our our standards for Bond films have way jetted up in the last ten years than they did in yeah. 1995. I mean, like that expectations was at all time low. Um, let's let's get into Leia Sedu. Who was who was gorgeous? Um, Luke wrote in and said that uh, he enjoyed Spectre in spite of the lackluster Bond girl. You're right? Luke is so right. <laughs> you agree? I totally agree. Now, with is it the girl or is it the love story? Because I thought the love story was crap. Both. Well, that was crap. Yeah. Both. One, you have a criminally underused Monica Bellucci. Who even, is dude. the fucking best Bond girl like in this movie? Yeah, she's and she's yeah. in it for a scene. Remember, and a half. remember all the fake outrage when she was announced that she yeah, was like too the fake old. Starbucks oh my, yeah. She was too old. How ridiculous! She is she's so fucking sexy Monica Bellucci. Yeah. and yeah. so amazing. All right, this, and yeah, it's a shame she's not in this movie. Okay, so the way let's let's take a let's let's pause it there because this is worth talking about, dude. <laughs> you brought it up. You, no, why yeah. is she even in this movie? I don't Absolutely. know. For for Bond to get all rapey with. <laughs> And we get no information. It's so weird. She, I mean, I get that she doesn't like the person she's married to, but it's basically like, you killed my husband. Yes. What should we do now? Yeah, <laughs> let me bone. press you against the wall and, you know, Which is classic. You. you know, they it's had great... Bond. And they had great... Bond. But they had... You can tell that Daniel Craig and Michael Bellucci had oh, great yes. chemistry together. Yeah. And you just... You gotta wonder, why did they not make her the Bond girl? Uh-huh. Especially we, since... I don't know. I, I could look it up. I don't know how old Liz to do is, but... As beautiful as she looks, she looks like she's 15 years at least yeah, younger than Daniel young. Craig. Mm-hmm. At least. 
And Monica Bellucci and Daniel Craig look like the they're same the same. Age. They are the same. Age, and um, I'm just you know I'm just saying in the universe of the movie they look like they fit together. And mm-hmm. holy shit, man! Mm-hmm. And just you and what you're saying is like she is awesome. Yeah, Why, yeah. It, it's almost the equivalent of you know the lack of lines for Christoph Waltz and the last lack of scenes for Christoph Waltz. I mean. The, those seem like the two best. You're talking about missed opportunities. Those are them in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you feel uncomfortable though with the narrative of that scene? Like I'm saying, you know, I killed your husband. Now we're gonna do it. No. No. I was from throughout most of the movie. I was just trying to figure out what he was trying to do, because <laughs> you know it's all James Bond movies are like kill a guy onto the next scene who leaves me a clue. Yeah. Uh, and I understood that, like, oh, she's going to die. I like the scene at the crematorium or in the, the whatever, um, whatever the mausoleum. it was. Mausoleum. Yeah, crematorium thing. thing. Yeah. I yeah. liked that because it was kind of funny how they were waiting for her and she left. And then the one guy was staring at him and he kind of, like, waved. like That was great. You know? That was great. And you knew that he was going to save, save her mm-hmm. and whatnot. But then I don't, I honestly couldn't even tell you what we found out after that scene. I like, mean, you what find was out the information that where she... they're meeting? That's oh yeah, that's you're essentially. Right. The, but the, that's the, it. Yes. That is it, and she never comes back. And what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, but that's Bond movies. There's always two or three Bond girls. One main one, and one to just give mm. a little bit of information. Switch just, them around. Switch I just, them around. I just, I just, <laughs> see, they, see, this is like a this is like a Terry Hatcher thing. Terry Hatcher was in Tomorrow Never Dies. She's great, uh-huh. and she's gone in the first half of the yep. movie. And it's like, why isn't she the Bond girl? You, Leia Sidu could have been the the Monica Bellucci character, and then Monica Bellucci could have been like Mr. White's wife, you know what I mean, or something like that. Like someone, they, and then you could have used her, and I would have felt more comfortable with them riding off into the sunset because it makes more yes. sense age wise yeah. to me, and it also makes more sense that like she's more charismatic. She's on the same level of Bond of as Bond. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is like used to this lifestyle, and right. like she was like funny and smart and. And, she, and, and just Monica Bellucci as an actress, we know. It's incredible. Is, right? yeah. And what about James Daniel Craig's James Bond does Leah Sidhu like so much? I mean, she even so let's, says... Yeah, let's get into that. She now. even oh, says that's... flat out, she even says flat out, like, she knows who he is. You're part of my dad's life. So I knew you killed people. And the reason she's living up in... Where were they? Sweden? Norway? Snow. Snow. Mountain <laughs> snow. Mountain snow glass building on top of a bil- yeah. on top of a mountain. Yeah, like, it's a cool you- building. Yeah, it was cool, but what's the point of it? Uh, <laughs> it, it exists. It exists. I know, yeah. exactly. It must be some sort of research lab yeah. or something. But uh, she works up there to get away from her father and get away from that life. And now she's, you know, been forced back into it just by chance, you know, about to be abducted, which leads to a very weird chase scene that we'll probably get into we'll get into action scenes and she flip-flops back and forth between wanting to be with him and not wanting to be with him and there's just no reasoning like there's more reason why you shouldn't be with him than why you should right and same thing i think goes to daniel credders i think there's more reasons for him not to be with leah than than with someone yeah, else yeah, like right. yeah. that was weird to me like they end up riding away together i'm like that's this those two just seemed weird i don't know very, very forced. I, I didn't. But you didn't yeah. like, but you didn't like Leah to begin with, right? I, I liked her. I, just, I just don't think it's a fully developed or realized or smart Bond girl. Yeah, no, I agree. She's I mean, very flat. She's yeah. a two-dimensional yeah. character. Not, yeah. not developed at all. The, the scene that really got it for me, and it's kind of, 
irony is not the word. It's it's just interesting that the scene where they're kind of supposed to fall for each other is the scene where they're in the tux and the dress mm-hmm. on the train. They sit down for a conversation. It's very similar to the first time that Vesper and Bond meet Eva Green's Vesper in Casino Royale oh, yeah. on a train. And they have a that's the that's my favorite scene from any Bond movie is the first time Vesper and Bond meet. I'm not kidding. In any Bond movie, it's so it's so well written, it's so well acted. Um, this and it's and it's it takes its time. Like it's a very long dialogue scene where they fall. You can see them falling for each other in the first time they meet. This scene on the train with Leah and Daniel Craig is like, it's it's like two minutes and they they don't really talk they don't about talk anything. about anything. It's just like why do you do this? I don't know. I don't think about it. And then they Batista ruins it and they kind of fall in love during that scene where they like team up and kill a guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. That's where I dozed off a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good action scene though. I like, I liked Dave Bautista's character too. I mean, that's a classic bond henchman. Mm -hmm. He's got a very weird particular skill that he doesn't really use. He uses it once, but um, (laughs) I would have liked him like to to try and do it to to scratch bond or scratch Madeline. I don't know what they called her. Mm hmm. Leah. Uh, Swan. 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 Yeah. Which I swear has been a Bond girl named before Swan. Maybe? Oh, Swan no. Lake. Maybe. Oh. I'm going to lose my cred if that's true. That'd be a good, that'd be a good Bond girl name. Lake Swan. Lake Swan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard the name Madeline Swan before in my life. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I like Dave Batista. I didn't get what his, like, who yeah. he was and like oh, he's just a bad but like a muscle he's good, muscle though. that's kind yeah. of like but like who does he just does he just work for specter like yeah if they need him he's muscle yeah that's he's, all he is. he's a muscle yeah. Yeah. he's, he's yeah. just the guy who doesn't i talk found that and... i found that that seemed funny though when we first started introducing him because he steals the scene of course but it was really gross uh <laughs> any eye gouging scene makes me like you know yeah. sick but I just thought it was really he's like state your credentials when he comes to challenge him and he fucking murders a guy he's twice the size of who's not even ready for it and they're like okay I guess you have the job (laughs) it's like oh who's running who's in charge of talent acquisition for for Spectre that was pretty great though it was good yeah and then he yeah cracks his neck but he's a silent I love the fact that he was a silent henchman and then he ruins it by saying shit well, that was funny. I didn't like it. I liked I that thought a lot. It was dumb. I liked that a lot. I would have just liked to see him get pulled off. Really? Instead of saying anything, yeah. What'd you guys think of Ray Fine's first full go as M? One, I think we really see the effects of not having Judy Dench in a movie here. <laughs> like It's true, actually. I mean, I like I, I didn't liked realize him. how important she was. I liked him as this. M, but it's been since ninety five since we haven't had Judy Dench in a Bond movie, so it was it was jarring a little bit, I guess. I think it was just underutilized. I mean He's on. He's in scenes just to like kind of complain and be like, "Oh, where's Bond? Oh, this C guy. I mean, fuck that guy." But, yeah. but um, I would have liked. And you know, I'm gonna get right to it. The end of Skyfall sets up James Bond for like the way it used to be yes. with Money Penny yes. and that other guy. I can't remember his name. Q? Not Q. The the other. I know who you're talking about. The bald guy who was with them in the car with M and. Uh, money penny he's like m's like second yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah i don't know anyway that that guy uh it sets up all that it shows the office with the door that's you know hidden yeah, yeah. and 
and it's like wow we're gonna you know actually get a bond movie with these characters now and we get that but they're so underutilized and so like not to boring boring and yeah. not, not together and it's like i'd love to see naomi harris as money penny do something else and you know do something intelligent or smart she was basically just returning calls and i mean that's probably how it would have gone back <laughs> in the 60s bond but but you know she just answers the phone and then she's like oh it's my boss when her like boyfriend or her fling yeah. says something it's like why did we need that why did we need that i don't understand right i like i didn't mind that part I like seeing that she has like a life. Yeah, I don't either. But, but she is totally like not really underutilized. Well, yeah. Part of that is because MI six right away in this movie is like pulled the rug under yeah. from. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't like we, like you say. We here it is. This is Bond as it used to be. And then nope, <laughs> someone's trying to get rid of the Double O yeah. program. And how many times well, are we gonna get that? We're gonna like a movie where the Double O program is going to be taken away, or MI six is gonna be taken away from us. Dude, it's like I mean that doesn't happen so frequently in Bond, but it does happen like. What movie did, did that not remind you of something else we've seen this year? Yes, what was it? I was Mission thinking Impossible. That. Yeah, it's the, the whole same yes. plot. Okay, it's the exact same plot. Rogue Nation They're is trying the to get exact rid of IMF. That's and it's it. An inside I was like, did this happen in the last yeah. Bond movie? And, like, and that's one of those things where obviously yeah. they didn't steal from Mission Impossible. It came out the same year, but that tells you a lot about what people want to make movies about these days. Yeah. You know I mean? It's just interesting how Bond always seems to reflect things. I don't know that it come out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that was my thing is like I liked M and I liked Money Penny but and I liked actually Ben Wishaw as Q is awesome yeah, actually mm-hmm. I was wasn't sure about him in Skyfall but he was really good in this movie really funny um, I hope like uh, Desmond Llewellyn the guy who played Q before that Ben Wishaw does this for the next He's forty great. years He's it'd be really awesome it. if they could do that and that's like what a modern day Q would be yeah it's, yeah it, right and he'll get old and it'll be fun to watch him yeah. grow with this world I did like John Cleese's Q though R was that what they called them? <laughs> they were they made a joke of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, no, I did too. But that that's a that's a that's a cue for 1990. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's it's just it's different. Um, Can we get? Ba- I'm not get back to it, but I was still like kind of confused about Blowfeld's. Am I saying it right? Blowfish. 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 Blowfeld. 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 I confused about like how. Were we supposed to feel like this plot is very sinister? Because I never was like, I mean, of course, like government like watching you is bad, but like we've seen that a lot before. But like we we never we're never shown in this movie that being like a real negative and like a real like danger to our lives. I I agree. I didn't feel I got this from we got this from a lot of people. Rain wrote in and she said that it felt mindless action. She said that. They should have gone more into the Spectre organization and made it more threatening. Like, you don't get the uh, sense. I mean, there's yeah, there's definitely. terrorist stuff going yeah, on. And, that and one woman mentions, like, trafficking and drugs. Mm-hmm. And right. it's, like, a big table. But in, there's, like, there's something said between, like, hearing about it and then, like, actually, like, seeing, like, what this organization is doing and the right. danger of it. No, and I never yeah. got that. Here. It seemed to only be threatening for Craig and MI6. Yeah. Like, you know that their their phone conversations were being listened to, and yeah, stuff. It's like, and, oh, yeah. and the motivation behind it too. Honestly, <laughs> what's kind of something I never realized is, but Rain also writes that that you know we find out that Blofeld is ahead of all of the other bad guys and all the other Bond films, which is scary in principle, but they're already dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. They're not a threat anymore. So it, it is interesting. It's like 
Who cares now? You basically just told us who's kind of responsible, but that doesn't mean that it's scary. And, you know, yeah. you don't feel... That's why I felt like, you know, as much as I think Skyfall was similar in its script issues, that you did feel threatened a lot in that film. Like, some, you knew something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And spoilers, it does. Like, something really bad happens. So it's like... I don't know. I mean, this movie lacked that for sure. The yeah. threat. And, like... They never, like, said what it's, like, really being used for. I mean, at one point they mentioned, like, I think the only, like, reason, like, C wanted to do this is because, like, he thought it was a good idea. <laughs> like, Yeah, that character. <laughs> like, and that's oh, my a, God. That's another character, like, well, I know that this guy's the fucking bad guy. Like, Yeah, like, yeah. right. <laughs> he's yeah, in exactly. it. It was the second I saw Please. him. I was like, wow, his eyes are black. Exactly. Like, and I love Andrew Scott as an actor. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, he plays Moriarty in Sherlock, and he's great, great in he's it. Great yeah, that's what reigns. I didn't yeah. know that, but I guess... I mean, he was good. You know what I wanted from that scene, though? That end scene where, where C, or whatever his name, Moriarty, that guy, when he dies, um, you know, the, he, he doesn't shoot M because there's no bullets in his gun. You know what I thought would have been awesome? I don't know. It's like, you guys, you guys already set this up. There's a scene early in the movie where M goes to him and says, you ever kill someone before? You ever point a gun at someone? And he goes, no. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you know, you think you know how to do something, but unless you have to pull the trigger, you have, you know, you have no idea what it's like. Mm-hmm. Could have been perfect oh. at the end of the movie if he points the gun at M and he has bullets, but he just can't do it because all of a sudden he's like, holy shit, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. That's a better, it's a better idea than having him this awkwardly guy. stumble. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't even know. That <laughs> face too. He made like, whoops, I'm an idiot. Right. And just fell. And he was good, but it's again, it's like, you, you, who didn't know he was the bad guy? Right. Yeah. Like, a lot of what we're getting from people is that it was very predictable. Yeah. yeah. Um, did I, you know, what about the, let's get in, I guess the part that we haven't really talked about yet is the action scenes in general. I mean, we talked yeah, yeah. about the plausibility of most of them, but, um, what did you think of it? Paul wrote in and said that he saw Bond and he loved it. Um, he said the tracking shot in the beginning mm-hmm. really set the tone. Um, you know, the chase scenes were gripping, he said. I, I agree. Um, the, the opening sequence was kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that, like, a scene is good or bad depending on how many cuts it has. Like, I'm not one who believes that, like, oh, because the shot is six minutes, it's really impressive. But the way... You know, there's a thousand extras there, and the costumes and the, the everything about it is like not a different. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah. So it was impressive. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I would have liked to see him drive the helicopter back to the hotel and like get with the girl. Yeah, <laughs> that lady. Yeah, because since when does James Bond daunting. pass up pass up the opportunity? Like they're in the hotel room and she's like getting all ready and everything, and then he's like, "I'll be right back." Right, that's true. <laughs> like, what? No, James Bond just we fucks always her have time get, for this. <laughs> yeah, and then gets so we open up on this on this scene in the beginning of the movie where there's a big explosion, a building collapses, and then there's a helicopter fight with barrel rolls and everything. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, great scene. It's Maybe I, I know you were a little in the movie. You were a little bored by it. I was a little bored. I thought it got a little repetitive once they were up in the helicopter. Like I thought it could have been like a minute shorter. Yeah, that's possible. I, I could. See I did that. like how like you know the G forces were keeping him back like. You know, if at the back of the helicopter, and then when it came up, he was able to come forward and like punch the guy mm-hmm. in the face. That was kind of fun. But, it's interesting, uh, but uh, Rob had mentioned earlier about the opening scene of For Your Eyes Only, where Blofeld is quote unquote killed, and there's a helicopter scene there, and it's very similar to this actually, which is more Moorish to me. Um, what about so then the next big sequence is this this chase through the streets of Rome with an Aston Martin mm-hmm. and I think a Jaguar. 
Um, shaking your head. I'm saying it's boring. You have two souped up fast cars and it looks like, you know, we all know as people who are familiar with movies, they're only going 20 miles an hour, but the way it's edited, it looks like they're going like 25 miles an hour. Like they doesn't, it's not exciting. Like they're barely at each other and they're not like, you know, spinning out around things. Like for instance, the car chase in mission impossible felt real. This one was just slow. It was just like a bunch of like commercial shots. Well, can I tell you, I don't think it's the editing. I think it's the fact that there's no other cars on the street. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah and that was, we- I don't know, is Rome? That's like, probably do, it. Do no, people- no, no. Rome is packed. I'm, I'm not sure. Rome I'm is like, packed. Sure, sure, but, I mean, did you, I, I like yeah, the scene, I but, I, noticed but I noticed that there was no cars yeah. on the street. It looked kind of cheap. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a hell of a lot easier for them to shoot the scene when there's no other picture cars. Yeah. No, I agree. I thought it looked cheap. You have these really nice cars that are fast and they could be like right neck and neck, you know, hitting each other and whatnot. But the closest they get is like maybe 20 yards apart. And then yeah. that's it. I mean, I kind of like the stealthiness of the, like there was a lot of like car hiding. Yeah. Like I, it, I was, like it was the less aggressive. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they are driving through the streets of Rome. Which is like a notoriously like, yeah, you know, European roads. Yeah. Like, yeah. I liked it. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I liked it. I would love yeah. That's a part of the movie. Like, if that was on, you, I would go watch that clip right now for sure. Um, you know, it is commercially, I guess, but I, it's a little Michael Bay, except there would be cars thrown at each other if it was Michael Bay. But the way it's <laughs> shot is in a good way, though. I mean, Michael Bay does good car chases, I think. Um, I was awesome. I was. It's like a shame to throw that Aston Martin in the water. <laughs> Why does this always happen, man? Can't we just get through a movie? Do you guys see the Stephen Colbert skit with the rental no, car? I didn't, yeah, it's really no. funny. I mean, you know, a BMW gets sawed in half and rolls <laughs> on enough. Uh, they they broke a world record for flipping a car in Casino Royale with the Aston Martin. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, in Quantum of Solace, the first five minutes, you see that same car get completely destroyed. And then this one, you know, it's got one great action scene, and then it's just dumped in the river. <laughs> yeah. And he, we finally get like the you know the the gadgets on the car. He went out like the fire and kind of cool I and like the that ejector. A lot. But what you know then they like reserve it for like a joke that like atmosphere. What what did it say like? I think it said atmosphere. Oh, and then the music and he flipped it playing. and then music started playing. He was that like, was funny. I like but I just thought it was very just, like, Roger boring. Moore, but it's funny. But it's very Roger Moore, but it's just. The fact that he's on the phone and he even looks bored, like driving, like his car is <laughs> like, uh, yep. How's it going, Mon- Money Penny? It's great. And then he ejects, and the the chase is over. It's just not like I never felt in danger, and obviously I shouldn't feel danger because James Bond has a zero percent failure yeah, right. rate. That's number yeah. one. <laughs> but I should still feel like, wow, Bautista is getting close in his Lamborghini or whatever it was, Ferrari. You know he might not make it. And I never felt that during the scene. I just always knew, wow, he's got quite a significant lead on him. There's, about, a, there's only so much road left. What about, I mean, well, something's got to happen. What about the part where he's pushing the smaller car through the, another funny part, but you know, what do you think of that? I've wanted to do that before. But push, push a smart car out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so slow and so small? <laughs> um, and then, you know, basically the third... Well, there's a, there's a couple. There's more, the but, one in the snow. But there's the big snow one with the plane. Which I thought was great. I thought it was pretty cool. Again, I think they're slow. Like, this, the chase scenes are slow. And they're weird. Like, yeah, but I think, I, think, and... I don't know if it mattered as much for the second one scene because... The, the snow scene because there's just enough... 
energy and and frightenedness with the fact that he's flying a plane mm-hmm. yeah and they're, they're driving around a mountain i guess i like, don't remember how he got the plane or got in there was a plane he got there on or something and then he stole it how did he get that? I don't know. Wasn't I don't he, remember that either. Wasn't he in a car chasing them and then ended up in a plane or what? I really don't remember. I actually. honestly don't remember. And then he's like flying next to him like, ha And then they shoot at him and he flies away. Uh-huh. Hit goes through the barn, chases it. And there's a lot of like unexplained car explosions going on in this scene. <laughs> like cars just spin out and hit a pile of snow and then just burst into a flames. <laughs> I I think with all the action sequence, I think those are the three main ones that we just yeah, talked and about. Then you've, then you've got the train, and then the you've train, got the, I like the train, train one fight because he's the getting helicopter. his ass kicked. Like I like the train fight the most because James Bond is not winning. Yeah, he you know he it's, wins it's, because it's, he manages to outsmart. And it's basically. it's very Sean Connery, Robert Shaw from Russia with Love uh, yeah. fight scene like that takes place on a train. It's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. So they they were going for that. Yeah, but the three fast paced, you know, big set piece action sequence. I I thought they were all shot really well and filmed in a way where I understood everything that was going on. Yeah, I was I, never I, I never had true. like whiplash. No, I agree. I, I thought they were you know, they orchestrated really well. They weren't Quantum of Solace action yeah. scenes. <laughs> oh, God. But <laughs> while that's true, and, and are, I appreciate and that, I just still thought that they were too slow. There was, the yeah, editing was not, too slow. The wide shots were too long. They, they are they are memorable, though, for sure, I think, too. That's the other thing. Like I, I think especially the helicopter scene, and I don't know to extent how that was rigged or what reality that was based in, but it was like that's a cool scene. Yeah. Know? remember that for a long time um similar to like you know the beginning of mission impossible 5 where it's it's quick but you know he's hanging out to a plane it's like you'll remember that Mm -hmm. what action piece i really liked is when blofeld is my saying it right blofeld (laughs) blofeld when his place exploded and they were just standing there that was really sexy. Yeah, actually, sure. I heard that, that set a record. Really sexy. I, was I, I heard so that set a record that. for largest explosion ever on camera. It looked yeah. fucking now, massive. Did, did you guys? So that. So let me. Let's start, that's the. That's another one I want to talk about. That whole sequence where he's running out. That's very Pierce Brosnan to me. He's mm-hmm. like holding a rifle and you shooting with one hand. Kind and of. And they thing. can't hit him at and all. They can't hit him and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff, which is cool. And then you know it's very Bond, and then he gets out of the evil lair mm-hmm. and it explodes behind him. Did you guys? I don't. This is what a, the person I saw it with said. I didn't notice this, but you could see apparently when the place explodes, the car is driving away yeah. from it. I yeah, didn't I notice. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool, which is obviously Blofeld. Um, well, I knew he wasn't dead. Well, I knew yeah. he wasn't dead, but it's like it's. I I always think it's it's good to see it, so there's proof that he. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just like because yeah. otherwise you'd be like, how did he get out of that? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other very Pierce Brosnan action thing to me is uh, taking down a helicopter with a nine millimeter pistol. Yeah, right. <laughs> on a boat. On a boat. I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. And then we get to see Christoph Waltz like act really awkward and like in a crashing helicopter. He's like, "Oh yeah. God, I gotta put my seatbelt on." And yeah. then like that's it was the most action we see him in. It was weird seeing him not like in control. Yeah, like this is the first time like in maybe any of his movies I was like. Oh, he looks uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 he did need to do a good job of it because I was like, "Whoa!" It was, he looks it, it was jarring. You're like, he doesn't look confident. And I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Well, let's talk about the end of the movie. Um, the end of the movie, it's with Bond has an opportunity to kill Blofeld in the middle of the street, and he doesn't. And then him and him and, and Bond and his Bond and his girl ride off into the sunset, and he um, it's implied he's he's leaving the business kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. 
with a really cool i actually loved the look sam mendes knows how to end these freaking movies because i you know the movie ends with him coming back to q and saying i need my aston martin and then mm-hmm. another movie ends what do you think of the ending in terms of what it's maybe setting up or not setting up and then we'll talk about where we think the next movie might go i like the ending i i just i didn't like the him ending up with leah yeah i would have been even fine if he just wrote off alone too as bond is as bond and bond is just gonna go fuck yeah. his way through the world it would have been nice <laughs> it would have been nice if instead of going toward the girl because she already said she didn't want to be with him and now she's magically like on the side of the bridge like mm-hmm. i'm here again surprise surprise it would have been nice if he actually chose mi6 it was like this is what i am this is what i do and then yeah, like I, and then I we agree. can be like oh there's more adventures coming but now we're just like we are subject to an opening scene in the next one where leo sidhu's character gets murdered right yep. yeah no you're right you're and then he's like right. i'll never love again again <laughs> right. um, no, no you're you're spot on there with everything because yeah. it sends up a predictable beginning to the next movie it also like i i think you're right i think part of Part, you know, I think like Superman, we're always trying to figure out why is this a compelling character? You know, the guy who just can't do any wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it for me is like he always thinks that queen and country is more important than anything. And you like kind of respect him for that. You're like, okay, he's, you know, sworn to his duty. Yeah. And this is, well, this is the second slash third time we see Daniel Craig's Bond say, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, he does it at the end of Casino Royale before he finds out that Vesper screws him over. And then he kind of does it, you know, at the beginning of Skyfall, you know, where he kind of, like, is a hermit for a while. And then, you know, in this movie, too, at the end, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're, Mitch, you're actually right. I didn't even think about it like that. But he should be like, I want to stay here and do this. This is what I meant to do. Yeah. After all those times, you should be like, well, I guess this is what I that would complete, to do. Yeah. So, and then it's up to Leah Seydoux's character to decide if she wants to be with him or not. Right, right. Which she has she, already decided numerous times yeah, right. that she doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. That would have been a nice change for him to like realize that this is... I love those aspects about Daniel Craig's Bond. Like, not wanting to do it. I, I think that's maybe the most interesting internal struggle in all the Bond movies. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been nice for him to like, you know, realize like, well, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> it's also less powerful if it keeps happening. You yeah. Know, kind of like, kind of like these movies are, you know, it used to be back in the day for the first 40 to 50 years. Well, we're, you know, we're in the 53rd year of this series. Um, it used to be that when there was a movie about Bond going rogue, it was like, whoa, that never ha- it happens once a decade. Mm-hmm. And you know, now, all three of these movies are like, or all four of these movies, three and a half of them are like, Bond's going rogue. So it's the same thing. Bond going rogue, Bond not wanting to be in MI6. It's like, it's powerful, but not if you do it every movie. Yeah, yeah right. right. Then I don't, and then he doesn't feel like a real person. I would, I would really like for one of these Daniel Craig Bond movies to start off with obviously an opening sequence, but to start off with M giving him a case file and being like, find this man yeah we need and we need a conventional need, bond movie yeah i want a conventional bond movie and that's why i was saying like the end of skyfall sets that up, it up know, perfectly right. for a conventional bond movie mm-hmm. right a, yep. a roger moore type movie a sean connery type movie and we get we get more that, of him with, on a personal yeah, vendetta right. and it's like i just don't care mm-hmm. i don't care but if we're t- gonna talk about the future of bond can we talk about the um 
opening credit sequence before we talk about the, oh, yeah, sure. the end? Yeah. Like the... the like the, 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 the Sam good. Smith and yeah, the... Yeah. And the yeah. You want to start us off? Sure. I At first, I was like, this is weird. And I, like, <laughs> I, I was uncomfortable. It was like, it felt weird. But then the octopus showed up and I was like, oh. That's where I got. That's where I got uncomfortable. When the octopus was all over the girl. Oh God! Yes, I was living. That's very. That's very bond to me. Designed by a bunch of Japanese. Yes. Give me some more tentacle porn. I would say about the Sam Smith song and the opening in general that I I actually have grown the Sam Smith song grown on me, but it it doesn't fit this movie. No, not at all. You know, like they tried to not. Like Skyfall, the opening first of all, the opening sequence of Skyfall, the 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 credits oh, is awesome. amazing. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it really it is ties scary. it ties in with the like him falling off. Yeah, the train like it's track, it's kind right? of like what's going through his mind as he thinks he's dying. I yeah, love right. it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it it has and the song and, sounds like a Bond song. Yeah. Well, and the weight of that song continues throughout the whole movie. You know, this movie is way sillier than the song is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, I just, it's fine, but I, I don't know. The, it doesn't, now that I've seen the movie, I don't think the song fits very no. well. I think the song paired with the visuals worked. Oh, yeah, worked absolutely. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it was a weird, weird song. Yeah. And they I like it as a song, though. Me too. They, I, I do too now. I, I think I like it a lot more. It's been in my head since I've seen this yeah. movie. I um, love the smoke girls. In yeah. The opening sequence, too. Yeah. It was cool. I think it was cool. I like yeah. the opening. Um, but let's, you know, let's wrap it up with the, where is this going now? There's, there's kind of like this team option to, to pick up Daniel Craig for another movie if they want to do it, um, contractually. Uh, do you guys, okay, here's, here's how it go. Do you want them to do another Craig movie or, and, and should they? Those are two different questions. Mitch? I feel like. I want them to because I want them to redeem themselves okay. for this because this was really disappointing. And mm-hmm. I want to see a conventional Bond movie where he's given a case. and But we're not going to get that. So I feel just based on the way these have gone. Um, should there be? Yeah. I should. That's a tough question. I have no idea. I think it, if there's going to be and there should be, it should be a new director. I There's no question in my mm-hmm. mind. But Colin, what do you think about it? Yeah, all that. Uh, I want to see another Daniel Craig, and I think they should do another Daniel Craig. Um, and I I love what Sandman does has done with the two movies he was given. I think he does a great job with them. Um, but yeah, I think we're need another like Mitch is saying a like a, a, I, I don't know. It's hard because it's well it's not, yeah I. I'm totally okay with this being Daniel Craig's last one. And well, I th- it works. It yeah, it works. Uh, but I, I love Daniel Craig's Bond so much, so I don't want him to go away. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, Mitch, on your point about you know wanting a conventional Bond film, this whole, if this was a five-movie series of Daniel Craig Bond films, it would have worked very much, it would have worked way better if, you know, Quantum and this movie were the conventional ones, and then there was a trilogy surrounding them. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, now yeah. you now I feel like you can't go back to Daniel Craig and not you know. Yeah, you, you can't need, go you back need, and you need, mention all that shit. Well, now. you need to you need to close it now. Now right. you can't. Now you can't like. I mean, it does end in a, in a good way that you could end it like this, but it also is like his bad guy's still out there. It's not mm-hmm. very. It's not completed yet. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he may be in prison, but he's also got all those other. Right. I'm just saying that, like, I can't. There's no way they're going to go back to if they go back to Craig, they're going to go. They're going to continue this story. Right. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Um, I think that. So my opinion is, I I guess I didn't before this movie. Before I saw this movie, I said Craig shouldn't come back. Now I want him to come back because I want I want to see Christoph Waltz be Blofeld for a whole movie. I need to see right. that. I they, think he they deserves start that. Up the next movie with Bofeld escaping. Or yeah, whatever. I yeah. think he deserves that, and I think they're gonna do that. I think that he would. They would also be stupid not to, because look, uh, these movies do very well with Daniel Craig. I mean, Skyfall made a boat a buttload of money. This is making a buttload of money. Uh, there's just no reason for them to stop the formula. Um, so they should. I absolutely want a new director. I, I loved look. I even what my critics of critic of Skyfall. I love Sam Mendes as, as Skyfall director. I just if you look back at this series, if they go with back to back directors, it very very rarely works out. I mean, it, it's a commitment to do three of these movies, and I don't think Sam Mendes should. I would love them to go back to Martin Campbell, who did Goldeneye and Casino Royale. I think he really gets the character, and I think he really is good at action sequences. So. And I thought that that would, that would be good. I think that Martin Campbell kind of um, has deserved that if he wants it because he saved the franchise with Goldeneye, he saved the franchise with Casino Royale, and it would be cool for him to finish Craig's career as Bond. Mm-hmm. I will say, and IMDb is not always correct, but Sam Mendes, his only upcoming project is Bond 25, where he's listed as director. Yeah. But that can easily change well i would say just like um the formula is working with craig it's working with sam i mean they're not going to not offer it to him because he makes money off these movies so they should i mean and i I, again i don't think specter's problem lies within the direction i agree at all it's all story and script yeah no i agree and like I, I think he tries his hardest to make it work. I, 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 think I mean, he, he yeah. makes beautiful looking Bond movies too. Yeah, I think you can definitely see that in this movie. Um, <clears throat> I give the thumbs up. I think honestly, I might see it again because like I like looking at it more than mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, so Colin, do you thumbs it up? Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, I think Thomas Newman does another great score here for Bond 2. We were just talking about I I am not a huge fan of his, oh. his Bond music. It's weird. That's a whole other I like got new. chills when they were driving through the streets and they drove through the Vatican and like the like bells like rang in. Oh. Oh, hmm. loved it. <laughs> but I um, think I don't remember the score that much, so I it, I didn't hate it, but there was yeah. a I guess I got re- so I don't want to get into this, but I got really, <laughs> I got really annoyed. It didn't stop sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when they, the train scene, there's just, when they're talking, Leah and, and Dana Craig, it's just, it's like, it's like, um, distracting trumpet. Have you seen that family guy? Thing? <laughs> it's like that, with, but with strings, like yeah. I just couldn't focus on the dialogue, yeah. but no, he's, he's obviously an amazing composer. Yeah. But anyways, so you, yeah, I recommend it. Um, it's it's a beautiful looking film and there's some really great and I think classic action sequences um, in the Bond to add to the Bond franchise. Mitch, you've been the biggest critic. Do you recommend this to people? No. Not at all? Definitely no. Interesting. Thumbs down from uh, Mitch. Wait till it comes out and you can watch it for free because I don't think it's worth the 10 bucks. Hmm. Did, you, did, you, did my microphone get that? It's not worth the 10 bucks. <laughs> 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 no, 
Well, it's good to have dissenting opinions. Um, it is one of the first we've had dissenting opinions. Yeah, Usually it's like this in Jurassic agree. World. So that's. But I, you know what? I think that judging by the responses that we got, this is a, deci- a divisive movie. Definitely. I mean, I know people that freaking loved it, and I know people that like a lot of like what these people are saying that wrote in. Uh, we got a lot of negative responses, I think, and I I did from some of my friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we'll yeah, see. I think it falls. You know, it's not the worst Bond movie by far, and it's not the best. Yeah, but I don't regret seeing it. I may see it again. I might too. <laughs> I, might, I might see it again. I might too. Um, okay, well, we end every show with uh, some video on demand or Netflix, Amazon, HBO Go recommendations. Um, what are you guys recommending this week? Any anything uh, along the same lines of the genre? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm gonna recommend. I probably should have recommended this last week when we were recording, but um, V for Vendetta. I watched. Oh, is that on Netflix? And it's on HBO to go. Oh, cool. Because last time we recorded, I think it was the fifth of November. Ah, uh, yes. Cross yes, my mind. Yes. But um, I watched that movie for the first time in maybe you know four years or so Mm -hmm. and i thought i went into it and i was thinking i hope this isn't one of those movies that like i liked when i saw it and then i like look back and and don't like it i love this movie i think i really like this i know a lot of people don't like it i know a lot of people that read the comics don't like it don't care i yeah i haven't read it (laughs) and i know alan moore who wrote it didn't like it but i i think it's an awesome movie (laughs) weaving is the man, man so great um and Natalie Portman in it is fantastic. And just, I love the whole feeling and the whole vibe of the movie. I think it captures that paranoia so well. Um, it's great. I yeah. really love V for Vendetta. On HBO to go. That's my recommendation. Cool. I'm uh, I'm going to recommend. I didn't, so this isn't on anything. It's just on the internet. All of the South Park seasons and episodes are like available. I think it must be through Comedy Central, but or it's through Hulu and Comedy Central, uh-huh. I guess. It's kind of awesome, and I just recommend this season of South Park. Oh, it's so good, it is, isn't it? I can't believe... I mean, I can. This show just gets better every season, and I don't understand it. It shouldn't be real. They're on their 19th season. It's just... It doesn't make any sense. It's amazing. It's strangely depressing in a lot of ways. Like, I feel mm-hmm. really sad, even though I'm laughing a lot after every episode. <sighs> PC, PC. safe space. This the safe space episode was so funny. The Yelp episode. Oh my god! When they get the family to try to get the Whole Foods in town, it's so Uh, funny. (laughs) Oh my god! The drawings of Tweak and Craig are (laughs) so so good. And the music in that episode is amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyways. I, yeah, I'm loving this South season. Park, man. It's so good. Best. Mitch, what are you recommending? First episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Takes place in Michigan. Uh, you know, he says something like, I gotta go to Saginaw later. And like, oh, really? And, yep. And um, in one of the, in the trailer for it, one of the characters, uh, his shirt is a Michigan State shirt. So, and the violence is great. The quick, a ton of fun. Like, gory, but not it's creepy like they're creepy you know just the prosthetics it's great uh, that about does us does it that about does it here for us um thank you paul rob eric luke joe and rain for uh, writing in and giving your thoughts on uh specter 
Uh, if, any, if anyone else has any other thoughts, you can email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdt. You can Facebook message uh, us at, at the Woodwards page on Facebook. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We have a bye week next week. I'll be out of town. Um, yeah, for uh, Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk.